What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Meet the Critters. This is episode 20. I honestly have no idea how I've gotten to 20, but we're here. <laughs> um, I don't know how long this one's going to be. This is kind of an impromptu one. Didn't, couldn't get a guest lined up for today. So we are running solo. So we are going to do kind of just an update of everything that's going on over here. Um, and just some Q&A in the comments. I got a couple comments from Telegram. So we're just going to kind of chat. Um, things are nuts. They always are. Um, on the farm side, everything's going great. Um, piglets are getting huge. They are getting ready to start getting weaned. So we've started working with them. Um, I'm going to do, I mentioned it a little bit in the pig water video, kind of my plan on weaning them out. I plan on this next week is going to be training heavy to try and make sure that they're all set and ready to get weaned off and to get that um, piglet pen all set that they can't escape out of that. Um, they will do absolutely anything in their power to get back to mom. So it might get interesting for a little bit. Um, oh, Blakesley Acres made it. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, with that, um, we are, I'm going to wean all the piglets in the boar pen. Just because I've found that's probably one of the more solid pens I have. Not that the other ones aren't, but it's a decent size. It's got good shade um, and good access to it. And it's connected directly to the pen they're already in. So I've already started feeding them in there. And I raised the hot wire in front of the gate. So it's probably about four, four or five inches above their back. So they can go under with no problem. And uh, mom's got to wait outside. So, yeah, the past couple of days, I've been feeding them first in there and then giving mom her portion. Um, she's looking fantastic. I was just talking to my wife about how good she looks um, for she's not like completely sunk, sunken out, like they're not sucking the life out of her. Um, she's holding weight really, really well. Her body condition looks good. So I want to pull them off. I'm going to pull them off at six weeks just because. I don't want her, I don't want her to get to that point. And she will, if I leave them in there long enough. Um, I've seen her push away, push them away a little bit, but not a ton. Um, she's pretty receptive to it. Um, my buddy Gary down there in the comments. Perfect. Um, but yeah, no, they're doing fantastic. A lot of, a lot more hair coming in on them, which is awesome. Which is, again, it's exactly what we bred for with those mangalitsas in there. Um, and again, it's so crazy how out of one litter, I can see three different body styles, which it's not crazy weird. They're basically three different genetics in there. So somewhat makes sense. But um, they're all very drastically different, whether it's by color, um, skull structure, body conditioning. It's just super cool to see. And it's fun learning about it all as we're going along. Um. The five feeders out back, they're getting freaking huge. They're probably a good 110 pounds at the moment. Um, they are pretty sure they're going on close to five, four and a half months, I would say. Um, so they'll be ready for, I haven't fully decided if they're going in November, December. Um, I am plagued with the butcher's curse, which is I schedule everybody else before I schedule myself. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, shit. I got to put my own pigs and all my own beef in. So that's where I'm sitting right now. Um, I've got those five pigs going in 
November, December, again, whenever we, whenever we can get him in. Um, and we also have nubs going in and he might go early. I was planning on keeping him till about, about November, December, but I think I've decided that as soon as we get to the point where there's no good, no more good graze for him out in the pasture, he'll probably go right into the freezer. Um, I'm at this point, very supplementally feeding him with hay. Cause he's got that whole massive, I think, what is it? I think it's around four or five acres. He has a full five acre pasture to himself and he just goes around and mows it down all day. So he's doing good. His body condition looks fantastic. I am so happy with him. I'm happy. I decided to keep him. Um, we've, we've put some of our own beef in the freezer before, but it was, um, I think I did it before I started the show, but they were um, the Hereford Shorthorn Crosses, and they did good, but I screwed up. They were my first cows I had ever had, and they were a little stunted. They didn't grow the size I wanted them to. The meat was fantastic. I just had the hanger, hanger steak off the one I did for us tonight for dinner, and it was amazing, but it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, and I'm very excited to get nubs in the cooler and see break him open and see what's going on because i'm very happy with how he looks um he has i always joke that holsteins have <laughs> that holsteins have one of two genetics in them either they're bulletproof and they grow huge or you have to do everything in your power to keep them alive and i've had both at this point um because what is nubs nubs is hereford holstein cross um and He's got the size of the Holstein. He has a little bit of the hips. I have noticed that. There's still to this day after cutting up, I don't know how many dairy cows at this point. Um, I'm always thrown off with the hips. I'm like, ah, those don't look great. And then I kind of know them and they're perfect. But it's still like, I look at them and I'm like, ah, I wish they were bigger. But he's looking great. He's pro He'll probably dress out, I'm going to say conservatively, he'll be probably about 600 pounds hang weight. I kind of want to say 650, but again, we'll see. We'll see. So more than likely, it'll probably be the end of October that he'll go in. So it'll be interesting to see um, what he actually breaks down to. Um, the horse is still alive. Yeah, we had the vet come out oh, probably about two weeks ago now. Um, just kind of like a routine visit. He really had, he hadn't seen a vet since we've had him, um, mostly because... It, the idea was sold to me on, hey, this horse is my patient's and it's dying. So, and he's dying and the horse is going to die because it's like 33 years old. So I'm getting this horse. And I naturally agreed with my wife because that's what you're supposed to do. And uh, yeah, so the vet came out, did a couple checks. Uh, actually told us that he needs to go down on his medication, that he's doing so good and so lively. He could live another 10 years. And I just unconsciously out loud went, fuck. And both my wife and the vet both turned to me and I just had to, I had to walk away. I was like, I'm sorry. That did that. The inside thoughts came out. So he's doing good. Um, he'll be going into the paddock that Nubs is in over the winter he does not love being penned up in the smaller pen over the winter, which I get it. It is what it is. Um, 
we're going to build them a better shelter in there for this year. Um, And the new or his old paddock, the winter paddock that we uh, wintered all the cows in, um, that is going to get redone. So I'm going to do a video on that. I'm going to tear out all the electric that was in there. Um, It was the first pen I had ever built with woven wire. And it's for being the first pen. And I, I really didn't have that much help with it. I had a little bit of help from a buddy who was teaching me how to run the woven wire, but I put this thing together. It's fairly square. Um, it's the sheep wire. So, cause I, when I built it right off, I was like, I'm going to build this to last and I'm going to build it for anything. Cause at this point we had just gotten into cows. I wasn't super sure what else we were going to do at this point because we kind of fell into cows anyway. Um, yeah, Blake's. <laughs> yeah, he's just hanging around, chilling now, calming down real quick. Yep. Um, ugh, it's awful. But uh, no, so we're going to be carrying over the 10 piglets that we have. And I don't want to be carrying buckets any more than I have to. So the winter paddock's already pretty set up for maintenance free. Like I have the frost rehydrant running at a gravity um, with PVC pipes running at an angle. So they don't usually freeze up. Um, and if they do, I can usually get it going again pretty quick. Um, and we're just going to, like I said, I'm going to tear down all the, all the electric. It's grounded out in so many places. And like, again, I was so worried about the electric line hitting the woven wire that I have like the six inch, no, I don't need, I don't need uh, anyone taking a screenshot of me putting up six inches, but um, it's about the six or what were they? I think they're four, four inch insulators. So they stick out further, but they just break. So half of them are broken. I've never replaced them. Um, and Rachel, I see your comment and I will answer that in a second. Um, so we're going to tear all that down and I'm going to redo it with the, um, the method I did for the back pig pasture, because that worked absolutely fantastic. More than likely, I'm not going to go buy anything. I'm just going to run it with T-posts because I have a ton. Um, but that has already a built-in shelter in it. Again, I'll probably have to modify it a little bit to make sure the pigs don't end up in my backyard. But that's an easy fix. So I'm looking forward to that. It's hopefully going to make life a little easier. I am praying that um nino the only boar that we kept in the group doesn't get too rowdy towards the end of them being in there because i don't want to have to deal with putting him in his own separate paddock until i have to i know i'm going to have to at some point but i don't want to do it in the middle of winter um yeah so and we don't need any incest on the farm um so rachel down here was asking how would you put up fence without a tractor um, or pickup truck. Hmm. So it all depends because it depends on how tight you want it. I mean, with woven wire, you want it fairly tight, but you can get away with doing it with a pickup truck. Like if you have a friend that can come over with their truck and just help you for the day, if you go pick up a couple pulleys from tractor supply or like Harbor freight, somewhere like that, um, and some decently strong rope, um, Literally, I have a video on it. Um, it's a while back when I was building the backpick pen. But 
you could just hook it to the ball hitch. Um, yeah, you can just hook it to the ball hitch, the rope, put it around, a tr- put the pulley on a tree, and just kind of get your angle right um, and pull it from there. And then you just go through and staple everything. As long as you have enough time to staple like the end post, even if like you had to run in while you're uh, someone else is in the truck, like and just staple that end post and probably the second one after that, you'd be set. Um, and I'm assuming it's for the new pup. You want that fairly tight. Um, you don't want her to be able to dig push under it because that is the one thing with woven wire. If a pig or a dog or something, even if it's fairly tight. I mean, I've seen when we had Senor, he busted through um, a couple woven wire setups that I had. It was only one. It was a in-between one, and I didn't have electric on it. So he was upset. He was by himself, and they're able to just get their nose under and just push their way through. So that is the one thing about woven wire that's tough. But for what you're trying to do, that would work out pretty well. And like I said, if you had someone come over with a pickup truck, you'd be able to bust it out no problem. Um, so, yes. Uh, all right. So, shop side. It's been an interesting time. Um, we've been pretty freaking busy. Just I'm averaging a cow a week and sprinkling pigs in and bear season sneaked up on us. Um, so it's currently bear season. New Hampshire's a little, how do I put this? New Hampshire. So we are allowed to bait. I forget if we're allowed hounds. I'm pretty sure we are, but, um, the baiting season started yesterday. So you're not allowed to bait, um, preseason. You have to wait till day of. So everyone went out. I can't tell you how many, barrels I've seen covered in peanut butter on Facebook at this point. So everyone's out. Everyone's crazy. Um, And then I know Moose starts up soon and archery starts mid this month. So we're going to start getting pretty busy with that, which is good. We actually just lost our main customer. I'm not going to get fully into what happened with all that because it is a little hanky, but um, I mainly mention it to touch on just the interesting joys of owning your own business. Um, this is our, like I said, this is our second year being full-time and it's been, it's been an adventure for sure. And there were things I was terrified at the beginning that I couldn't care less about now and things that I thought were going to be fantastic that I'm absolutely terrified of. It's just the way it works. Um, and me and my wife have figured a bunch of stuff out and it's one of those things that we're at the point with me being full-time home with the shop and the farm that we basically have kind of looked at each other and it's like, we're going to make it work. Like no matter what, we're going to make it work. So we ended up losing that customer over a couple of different things. Um, and I was, I was pretty bummed for about two, three days. I have no ill will toward the, towards them whatsoever. It just, we were no longer going to be working together. So like I said, I was a little bummed for like three, four days, kind of like, Oh my God, like freaking out a little bit. Um, because we, I cleared a bunch of my schedule when they were no longer on it. Um, 
and then gave myself a pity party for about two days and then finally sat down and was like, all right, here we go. Kind of went through the Rolodex, called some older customers that um, I was like, hey, listen, I apologize. I've been kind of MIA for a little bit. I've been absolutely slammed and I haven't had any openings, but now I do. So what do we got? And within three phone calls, I had... Uh, I think it was five. I think I have five beef that they're not on the schedule, but they're bringing me five beef this year. I think I just booked another in the last week. I think I just booked another six or seven pigs. Um, And then, like I said, with the hunting seasons coming up, I completely spaced it. Like it was very in my, I completely had not thought about any of the hunting seasons in my panic, in my panic of all this, where usually like I only take two weeks off for deer season to cut deer for customers because my livestock business is so busy that it's one of those things. It's, I can't really depend on deer for the entire time um, of like hunting season. I have to be able to put livestock in there. And what's nice is it's, I basically start deer the opening of rifle season to two weeks after that date. Just because, like I said, I every now and then I'll take in an archery deer. But what I've found is the majority of people that archery hunt, they've taken so much time and energy to learn how to archery hunt. They've also taken so much time and energy to learn how to process their own deer. And I think that's fantastic, as they should. Um, but everybody gets in the woods for rifle season and then everybody calls on opening day of just like now i have this deer it's like yeah bring it to me get your checkbook out we'll get this done um and i stay pretty steady for those first two weeks it also gives me the opportunity to get in the woods myself um i don't do deer drop-offs for the first three days until 10 10 30 so I can at least sit until 930, 10. Um, so again, we're hoping this year. I'm hoping to see something. Lisa, what's going on? Um, and yes, Rachel, we do have moose in New Hampshire. We have quite a few, actually. Um, but in New Hampshire, it's a lottery. Um, I forget how many. Like, it's one of those things that it's like people have been applying for years and not gotten it. Um, obviously in the Northern part of the state, we have way more, but we actually have a decent population in the Southern state or Southern part of the state. They're kind of everywhere. Um, so yes. So I actually was just communicating with somebody today who, um, again, cause now that it's the hunt seasons, I've started posting stuff on, um, all the Facebook pages and, because, I mean, there's a million of them. There's New Hampshire bear hunter, New Hampshire deer hunter, New Hampshire moose hunter. And then, like, all of the knockoff ones that come off of those. Um, what has been super cool that I have noticed lately is I, I usually don't comment on a lot of people's stuff. Of, like, hey, I'm looking for this. I haven't had to. Because there's usually two or three people in the comments already putting my name and the business in there, which has been, it's been super cool to see. It's like, Oh, all right. Like, I guess I'm doing all right. That people are going out of the way to be like, no, no, go to this person. Um, but 
doing that today. I did end up commenting on one. Um, the guy was interested in having someone cut up or when he get a bear, when he gets a bear, who to bring it to. Um, and I had, there were two people that commented um, the body shop in there, which is mine. So I went ahead and replied to one of them and I was like, yep, this is the shop. Here's the link. Um, and if you have any questions, just reach out. He reached out within 10 minutes. Um, we probably talked on and off for a good hour or so. And he's a guide um, about 40 minutes from me. And um, his processor had passed away. He had a guy he had worked with forever. And he's like, I'm looking for a new one. So let's kind of figure this out. So I was super happy about that. So it looks like we'll be doing a lot more bears this year. Um, and no, Gary, I won't pick up your deer. No, sir. Besides, I already know. So <laughs> this man, nope, let's go figure it out. This man right here has showed up to my house twice at like nine o'clock with deer. And I have to say, yes, he's my friend. But we've been in the shop, like, yeah, this was back in the drinking days, too. This was back when I was boozing pretty hard. And, uh, oh, I'd have at least a 30 rack and the bottom rack of the walk-in cooler, which is always an awesome feeling to have, just have a walk-in cooler with beer in it. Um, and, yeah, they showed up one night with two deer. Him and Ian showed up with two deer, and we were probably in the shop until probably 10, 30, 11. And I had the baby monitor on the table outside the shop. and. One of us, I've tasked it with um, Ian at one point. I'm like, I'm skinning your deer, so you need to go check and make sure my kids are alive. <laughs> and they were running back and forth, bouncing back and forth, and we got those deer in. Um, but that that was the one deer that uh, I can't really give a hard time to Ian about. It wasn't a little tiny fawn, because that's usually the deer he shoots, Ian, if you're out there. I'm calling you out again and I have a platform now. Sorry. Um, so, but yeah, deer season is always a good time. Um, it kind of breaks up the monotony of beef and pork, mostly beef. Again, pork, we're finally starting to get into the season of, but um, I've always enjoyed cutting up deer because it was really my first forte into it. Um, I know I mentioned this on a, I don't know on this one, but I've mentioned it on a couple podcasts. When I was first starting cutting meat, I didn't have, I there wasn't a school around here. I learned on YouTube. Like I worked at a grocery store or when I was apprenticing. When I was apprenticing, I got my first taste of like breaking down whole animals because we did deer there probably legally, but whatever. Um, and then once I got kind of the gist of it, um, I really like, I cut up a lot of free deer, all my buddies deer. If they got a deer, like I would be like, I'm cutting it up for free, like, but I'm cutting it. And they were idiots. And they're like, yeah, of course, I don't know how to do this. Um, and scale, I forget, uh, Blake's acres asked, what kind of scale do you use? I haven't caught, uh, caught it yet. So for, um, the hang weight on those, I just bought it on Amazon. It was like, I think it was under 50 bucks. Like it was a little orange one. I think the capacity is 550 pounds or something. Or no, maybe it's 300. It's 300 pounds. But 
it works slick. I think I've had to change the batteries in it once since I've owned it and I've owned it for like three years. Um, it works freaking great. Um, I will, I'll, I'll send the link to you tonight. Once I get off this, I'll go look for it, put the link in. Um, I'll drop the link in the description of this video too, after the fact. So, um, that completely derailed me. Thanks, Joe. Um, no. So when I first started, like I said, I was cutting everyone's free, de everyone's deer for free. So the, um, I've like a small countertop, um, hanging off the walk-in cooler. And that's kind of where I stage everything. It has the scale, it has pens, um, just kind of everything that I need out of the way, but I still need there. Um, and at the time I knew I wanted something, but I didn't know what the heck I was going to use for it. And that old countertop that was literally the first piece of equipment besides like, I think a knife that I bought, but it was my first piece of like mobile butchering equipment was a clearance countertop from Lowe's that had the backing on it and it had the front lip. So you can literally slide it into the bed of the truck. And it worked so well. It worked awesome for what I was doing. It worked fantastic. And when it came time to figure all that out, I was like, all right. So that's staying in here. Um, almost like a sentimental thing. It's like, that's pretty awesome that that was the first thing I bought to do this. And now it's in my full, full meat shop. Um, what do we got over here? Let me just check on the comments. Um, uh, let's see, Gary. No, I don't do that anymore. I love you. I love you so much. No, I'm not cutting your deer for free. I need to feed my kids and I'm definitely not doing a year up. I still haven't done Ian's Ian, who I was just talking about before has had a, uh, deer skull in my freezer for going on a year. Um, but it's just a small tiny dough. Like when I say tiny, this thing is tiny, 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 tiny. Yeah. And the only reason I emphasize that is because I'm going to be editing this clip out and I'm going to be sending to him after this. Um, but yeah, this year I am not taking any European mounts. Last year, I think I took a couple, one being Ian's that's still not done. Um, and it's at this point, again, I enjoy doing them, but I just don't have the time. I would love to because it's a fun, creative exercise. It really is in the weirdest, most disgusting way. Um, and I don't know. They're a good time. I do have Senor Skull in there. Um, I just checked on it the other day and the amount of fat on coming pooling at the top of that acetone is crazy. Um, or at the bottom, I should say. Um so I think I might pull him out early just so I'm not power washing in the middle of winter because I don't want to do that again. Um, no, no free deer. I'm not doing it. And you're going to be crossing some state lines, which I don't think is allowed coming out of New York. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're gearing up for that. It's going to be fun. I've had to do, I got to do a walkthrough tomorrow night and kind of, place my bulk order for seasonings and stuff like that going into it. Um, those are usually my two big orders is usually right before hunting season and um, right in the spring. 
is usually when I kind of stock up on everything, get a bunch more cryovac bags, um, sausage seasoning. Usually I'll try to sneak a, a new knife or something onto the shopping list that my wife doesn't see. Uh, um, but that is the nice thing about being in the service industry um, or being running a business that's a service. Um, I know Toolman Tim was talking about a little bit on his show last night, but it's my overhead is very minimal. It is the cost of the electricity that runs the shop, ice for grind, and not, it's 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 very nice it, that I don't have to do multiple bulk orders like weekly or monthly or stuff like that. Um, I've gotten to the point now where I can kind of visually plan out like where we're going to be in the next three, four, five, six months to where I can place an order and go, this should hold me. And if it doesn't, that's freaking awesome. And we'll have the money to order more because I'm going to be crazy busy. Um, but yeah, so again, I'm hoping to get the deer this year. It's It kills everyone when I tell them, but it's I've never shot a deer myself. I've, again, I can't tell, I could not tell you at this point, a feasible number of how many deer I've cut up and I've never shot one myself, brought home a couple road kills that were in decent shape that was, I was able to put in the freezer, but yeah. And I'm definitely not going out for archery this year. I'd like to say I am, but I know I'm not. It's just, I haven't picked up my bow since last year. Um, and I'm sure it's, been, it's been kicked around the barn a couple times by the kids. So I know it needs to be recited and I'm not going to play that game. Um, when I could very easily just go out to the back, back 40 where the shooting range is and take a couple shots with the 30 out six and make sure that's still on. So we are, I was just telling my wife that I need to get out and check on the cameras, change the batteries, see what's out there. I got monsters. I know they're there. I've seen them. Gary. Can, yeah. Yeah, Gary, Gary down here. Lifetime bucks. I kill him every time I send him pictures. Um, but it would be really nice to get one of those, but I will be 100% honest. The reason that my I stay out on the first three days is because those are the only times, or I think this year it's two, two days, um, that you're allowed buck or doe. If it's brown, it's down. I, I'm not sexist. They all taste the same. Um. So we'll see. And if it happens, you'll all see because I'm sure um, I'm sure it'll come up. Um, so I did have a couple comments um, from Telegram. So let me just pull that up. Da, 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 da. All right. We kind of touched on this already, um, but Micah in the in the Liberty Meat chat um, asked, what have you learned about pig fencing? A lot. There's been mostly don't put it in upside down. That's the number one thing I learned. And I still have to deal with to this day. Um, for those who don't know, and I, if from everyone who's in the comments now, I know, you know, but for everyone who doesn't know who's listening to this for the first time, um, when I built my, um, main pig paddock it was the first project that i had really done start to finish mostly by myself i had a buddy come out to help me pull fence 
But other than that, it was pretty um, – I had planned it out. We had run it. A friend came over, helped me put in posts from the ground. Um, and we were going. Uh, we had a bunch of sheep wire left over. So the whole back half that faces the road is sheep wire, which is good. I'm happy about that. And we had to go buy a new roll. And the multi-species is a cheaper um, option than the sheep wire. The sheep wire is a little more expensive. But the multi-species has bigger holes at the top and smaller holes at the bottom. So it can hold multiple species. The brand of this wove wire is called Red, uh, Red Brand. And they're called that because they have a red coated wire that runs along the top. And me being dumb, I went, oh, it's red and coated <clears throat> because it's probably coated to help like stop corrosion. That makes sense. So we ran the whole rest of the fence and I had a buddy come over and he goes, hey, you know, put, you know, you put that whole fence in upside down. I was like, awesome so if you're over on if you're over on tiktok you can uh check out that action because the piglets just run right through it like it doesn't stop them whatsoever they just duck and under so they're all in the driveway all the time or over in the cow pasture um so yeah i have learned a ton about about it and again even down to the um electric i have like evolved leaps and bounds when it comes to electric fencing that pen that i need to take down is a horror show and that does not also does not count for um how my fencer is set up or as it has been called in the chat what is it the spider of death i just have cables coming in all over the place it's terrifying it's not great but I went from that first pen doing everything hand tight on super long insulators that aren't stable whatsoever um, to now we've got a really solid setup that I'm proud of. Like I'm proud of the setup that we have now and how we do it. All of my, all of the wires in that back pick paddock are piano tight um, and they just work. Like I, haven't had any issues with them um and it is super helpful that pigs are very easily trained on electric um if it's super wonky they're not going to be super trained on it because they have access they have access to get under it even if it's in one or two spots where they can kind of curl their head under they'll learn like they'll get hit but it it can go catastrophic and that's why I have major anxiety of just doing pigs on electric. It's not for me. Um, so yeah, to answer that, it's I've learned everything. Um, and if anyone is interested, you can go back to my YouTube channel at Backwoods Butcher 603. And I have a ton of videos. Some of those videos, I broke my cardinal rule of YouTube, which I always hate. I always hate when people put up YouTube videos and they've never done it before. Like, not just like, oh, I haven't done it this way. Never done it. They're like, I'm going to record this and put it out on YouTube because it screws up the whole algorithm of search. It's awful. But 
I had obviously run electric before, but I had never run it in the style I was running it. Um, so you can go back and you can learn with me because I was putting some wisecracks in there. Pissed at myself a couple times, but we made it work. Um, all right, I'm going to hop over these comments for a second. Rennie, I miss you too. Um, so Blake's the Acres. Keep your proud... <laughs> Proud used my 45 long call on a bull today. <laughs> Even Prochet. Perfect. Um, so he's making fun of me because that is what I use for all of my slaughters. Um, we will more than likely be having to adjust my firearm um, choice. Um, so for those that don't know, I have a um, Taurus Judge 45 long call. Um, it's the model that you can put in um 45 long call or 410 shells um and i use the cowboy action ammo because it's super cheap not super cheap but way cheaper and it also has a little bit less of a load like again you're just there it's me it's just a lead round that you're shooting at targets so there's no jacket on it nothing like that um but it's still got fantastic stopping power and the majority of the time it never leaves the skull like i've found it on a couple smaller cows um in the neck but a handful pigs it depends on the size of the pig if it's a small pig it's going through like you're finding a hole in the hole you're finding a hole through the tongue through the bottom um and uh but it's just a really good round these this new customer i have um well they're not new i've had them um in the past i just haven't had them in a little bit they raise um, low-line Angus. They do not allow the super close, hey, you're okay. Like, I'm just going to pet you a little bit. Bang. They don't allow those shots um, like the jerseys do. So we're going to, I'm going to be on the search for some more 410 ammo um, and break break the old single, um, single shot out. Play around with that a little bit more. Um, it's always crazy to me all the different breeds and how they actually act and react. And again, it's nice that I've been doing it long enough that I understand that I can go into it with that mindset because if I'm sure to a lot of people like who aren't more in depth with livestock and cattle and stuff like that, somebody says, Oh, we're going to kill a cow. And they just go, yeah, cow. All right. When my first question is, I need my cow done, is what breed is it? Because it's going to matter, like, how I go into this. Um, again, the majority, I've been doing a lot of jerseys lately with that last customer. And they're just, they've been, they're so used to being milked, handled, that you just walk up and it's like, hey, how are you? Bang, done. Um, this customer that is coming on with a little on Angus, um, she as we were talking about like our plans for the rest of the year and how many she wants to get done. Um, she goes, I do have one that I want to get in, but it might kill you. And I go, Oh, do tell. And she goes, well, it's a belted Galloway without the belt. And I was like, awesome. 12 gauge. Cool. Perfectly. Completely understand. <laughs> um, and for those who have not handled belt Galloways, good for you. Really? They are, they are some of the meanest cows I have ever seen that, and I, it is a 
vast overstatement. I am. Sh- I have also seen belted Galloways that you could lay on, and they're great. But the overwhelming majority of belted Galloways that I've dealt with have scared the ever-living shit out of me. They are terrifying. Um, they are just... Um, they're just ornery. That's really my biggest thing with them. Um, and they look at you like, you want to go? All right. We had one that it was very early in the business. I was still working full time. I'm pretty sure. Um, Cause it was a friend of my bosses that they were in a pinch and they needed help. And they had a belted Galloway that was stunted. So it was a smaller beef that, weighed as much as a full-grown, full-size belty, And this thing was a monster. It broke through every single fence they had. It broke through every, th- every single gate they had. And at this point, they had it penned up in the barn. No one could get in there with it. Like, it was, it was great. So I get the 410 single shot out. And I line up on it. Take the shot. Thing drops. Like... And if anyone's ever dropped a cow, you know a good shot when it literally looks like they pick all four feet up and the whole thing falls on the ground. That's when you know you're good, like most of the time. So this thing drops. Open the action. All right, cool. Nope, we're good. And this was before I started carrying three shells with me at all times. I carry three shells with me at all times. For this reason, a little foreshadowing. I run, and this thing stands, zombie stands right up and just looks at me. It was dead set where it needed to be, and it was January, so it was like 17 degrees, and you could see the steam coming out of the bullet hole. (laughs) And the girl I was doing it for, she's standing next to me, and she goes, huh. Good. I'm like, and I'm panic. I'm running around. I'm like, good. Like I haul her back. She goes, no, it's just good to know that she actually really is possessed. Um, so I run to the truck, get another two loads and run back. And at this point, this thing is moving. Like it's not like dazed because that will also happen sometimes. If you, if they twitch at the last moment and you just get like the frontal, uh, the front of the brain, they can still be somewhat alive. Like they'll still blink, but they're just, they're done. They're not going anywhere. They're not. And you can just pop them again real quick. This thing was up and tracking. He watched, she watched me everywhere. I went, got a second shot into her. This one was about a quarter inch off from that first bullet. And that one did not drop her. She was still up, but this time she was stunned. Like she was not with it anymore, um, but still up and moving, which was, it was insane. Um, And then I jumped, jumped the fence, got in there and we got her down. Um, And those, I always hate those moments. Um, I've said this a bunch on a couple different podcasts. Um, I said it on Twitter or TikTok the other day about something. Um, butchers sometimes get like the shit end of the stick when it comes to people's perspective. Cause it's like, 
oh, you just like to kill shit, like whatever. And it's like, I don't hate killing shit. It's kind of fun. But I'm also the same person that in situations like that, if I don't drop an animal on the first shot, I am an emotional wreck. It affects me very much so. I understand what I have to do for my job, and I have no problem doing it. But I do have a problem with putting animal through pain that does not need to be in. And it's purely my fault. I don't care if the cow twitched at the last minute. That was my fault. I pulled at the wrong time. Like, I didn't pull back. Um, And every time something like that happens, I am talking to the customer. Well, (laughs) when that happens, I am not talking to anyone. And I have the one task of getting this animal dead. Um, But as soon as that animal is down, it's, I usually end up going over while it's bleeding and having a serious conversation, apologizing literally from the bottom of my heart, because they can tell how emotional I am at the situation. But it's one of those things that I have been very lucky that on the times that it has happened, it's been with seasoned farmers um, that, they get it. They're like, yeah. And the majority of the time, they're assholes. Like, it's never like the pet that is like, oh, we've had her forever and this, that, and the other. It's usually the one that they're like, yeah, this thing needs to be gone now. So it's not a surprise to them. They don't die immediately. But, um, no, I, I, again, I've said it on a couple podcasts, but I cannot preface it enough that it's, it's, it sucks. And for the people out there like that are that would say like, oh, you're just a murderer or whatever. I will say I have been trolling vegan TikTok and activist TikTok. So I'm waiting for it. I'm I'm actually seeking it, which will be funny. But um, I know it's coming. So here's I'll I'll go ahead and clip this and pop this on TikTok when everything like that happens. But um yeah, it's no one should ever take it lightly what the job that it has to be is. Um, but we were talking about Belt of Galloways. Yeah, I went off on a tangent. I apologize about that. Um, yeah, so I'm not looking forward to that one. I'm very lucky that the majority of my customers have no issue with me dropping them in the trailer, which makes life a thousand times easier. I like if If you are planning on doing your own animal, if they go into a trailer easy, do it in the trailer for a couple of different reasons. One, it's a smaller space. They don't have time to move. They don't have a space to move really. And it's again, going back to, if you miss a shot, if you miss a shot, they're in a trailer, which definitely don't be in the trailer with them when you take the shot, because one, you're going to blow your eardrums out. And two, if you do flub the shot, now you're in the trailer with a cow that has a bullet in its head that doesn't understand what's going on. Um, but that's a double edge, like, or that's like a double edge on that one. Because if you do flub the shot, they are in a trailer that you're able to very quickly track back on to where you need to get to and drop the animal. And in my situation, my shop is 15 yards, not even probably 10 yards from my neighbor's house. 
she's fantastic and somehow is fine with all of it. She's awesome. Um, but I obviously can't be dropping animals within three or within a hundred yards of a dwelling unless it's mine. So I drop all my cows in my front yard and we have a little access road that's goes around to the back of the shop. And, uh, if you've never moved a cow on a tractor bucket, it's interesting. Um, and especially if you don't have a tractor or have something like that, you're going to be able to lift a cow with, it makes life so much easier if it's in a trailer and you're able to move it to where you're actually going to process it. That is, unless you have like a really awesome trailer set up like Tiffany or like just a decent mobile setup or with a tractor, that's what's tough about doing mobile stuff is when you drop a cow, it's where it is. Like, unless you have a big enough tractor to be able to move it. And again, I don't suggest slaughtering a cow unless you have a tractor big enough to move it. Um, the amount of people that I've had that we show up and it's like a lawnmower with a bucket. And it's like, I don't know what you want me to do with that, but we're certainly not slaughtering this cow with it. It's, the shoulders aren't going to get off the ground. Um, but yeah, so it is, I'm very lucky that I have those customers, but as well, I also have setups for, I have a corral off of the front of um, the side of my barn that is attached to a couple stalls. So I have had customers that it's like, Hey, listen, I can't drop off at this time tomorrow. Is there any way I can drop off tonight? So I'm like, perfect. That's fine. They are able to, I lock them in the stall. I don't have to worry about them. And then I can just at my leisure drop them. Um, and as well with pigs too, I have a similar setup in front of the pig pen or on the side of the pig pen. And it's kind of one of those things that's good for them and it's good for me. Um, and I've implemented it on all of my paddocks now because it's a lot easier to get an animal from a smaller space into a trailer than it is from a bigger space into a trailer and vice versa. Um, so with the pig one, we do have a squeeze gate in there. So essentially all that is, it is a, um, just a metal gate with a horse mat, um, zip tied to it. Um, and I'm able to open the gate up all the way, take the pig off the trailer, and just kind of slowly walk around it with the gate and uh, kind of crimp it up against the fence. And what that does, it's gonna freak out for a minute, obviously, cause it's penned up, but it doesn't have enough kinetic strength. Well, I mean, it does, they're super freaking strong, but it makes it easier for you to be able to squeeze that pig into the gate and get a solid shot from behind it because again pigs are tough too it's uh you got to get the right shot on them and you do not want to miss a shot on a pig because you will hear about it and it is blood curdling scream pip what's going on um but this allows you to be able to really kind of crimp them into a corner i can do it myself i don't like to depends on the size of the pig um and again as soon as they drop open the gate, bleed it, you can get it out. Um, 
there's going to be some adjust <clears throat> adjustments coming to that setup just because of where it is. It's at a weird grade that plowing in the winter is literally impossible to get down in there, especially last year. I had bald tires on both the tractor and the truck. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, it's just kind of life going on. We've been, like I said, we've been running around like crazy, running around with kids. Um, but like I kind of said at the beginning, take a sip of water. Like I said, at the beginning of the episode, we are at the point now where we're real make it or break it. And we've had to make decisions and we've had to make choices about what we're doing with our lives and the business and the animals, because at this point we've got enough put into it that I can see the return. I can see, I can see it in the distance. It's just a matter of getting to that point. And on obviously anyone that is in the livestock industry or interested in it or have listened to us, it's an interesting one to be in because you're not getting great returns right away or ever. And, but we do it for the love of the game. We do it for the meat. We do it for the joy that these animals bring us. Um, let me pop over to the comments here for a second. Mm-mm-mm. Rachel, I haven't put much thought into going on Jack's and it's no offense to Jack. And it's, we've talked about it on um, Josh's show. And I think a couple other shows, it's funny the web of how all of these people have gotten into the community because all of you guys have kind of branched off of Jack. I branched off of Josh. I randomly found Josh on the podcast app one night cutting up deer. And I was like, this guy's pretty cool. Joined telegram group and kind of got in from there. I've listened to Jack. He's been on a couple of podcasts. I really like, um, and I would have nothing against going on his show. I should actually probably do that. It would probably be influential to uh, <laughs> my YouTube channel. Um, so I probably will. I probably will, Rachel, just for you. Um, yeah. Other than that, I don't have much else going on. So I appreciate you guys hanging out. I don't know how I'm at 54 minutes. I think I blacked out for a little bit there. I apologize if I was repetitive on some things, but uh, we had we had a decent uh, view tonight, and I'm I appreciate it, guys. Um, so if you're watching this on YouTube and you're not subscribed, please subscribe. It helps me out a ton. Helps me get out to a wider audience. Leave a comment, like the video, please. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, and if you're not on YouTube, um, please go over to at Backwoods Butcher 603. We have a little bit of everything when it comes to what we're doing over here. I've got breakdown videos. We're breaking into a series now where I'm going to be going through every section of a cow. Um, I, <laughs> sorry, I have no idea if Josh is still alive. I hope so, because I'm on his StreamYard account. So, but um, no, we've we've been trying to figure that out. Um, what is this? Uh, I found Spearco from SOE breakfast videos. Oh, nice. 
yeah, so it's it's funny how we've all kind of come together with this. Um, but no, so basically what I'll be doing is I've already done full breakdowns of beef and pigs and lambs and goats and go, going into hunting season, we'll be getting some more full breakdown videos. But at this point, I'm not going to break down another half a beef or whatever. So what I'm doing now is I'm going through and doing specific cuts, specific primals, and kind of just breaking down everything that is in those cuts or in those primals. Um, again, sticking with what my customers are looking for, but I'm still able to show you, talk about what exactly you're doing here. Um, depends on the day, depends on the customer, depends on what's going on, whether or not it's going to be a professional butcher breakdown or it's going to be, hey, I've got time. Like, I'm not going to get my bandsaw dirty for a couple cuts. So we're going to go ahead, break out the handsaw, break out the cleaver and show you how to do this, like at a very minimal scale. So what do we have out now? We have um, a full half beef. We have a chuck, rib, brisket. Um, we just put a shoulder video out. So it'll more than likely be, we're just going to keep going all the way up and do the um, short line next. So we'll do short line and flap in the same video. Um, and again, I'll progress with that with pigs. I already have a ham video out. So we'll break it down, break down the Boston butts, all the different cuts you can get out of it. Um, and on the other side of it, we have all of our farm stuff. We have a ton of stuff. Um, again, everything I've talked about in this, it's all on there. Every, every single bit of it. Um, and it, again, I just kind of wanted to come on here and talk about the stuff that I might not have talked about in um, some of those videos. So if you like baby pigs, you like fencing, you like dead stuff, go to my YouTube channel. We're pretty awesome over there. Um, and if you're an instant gratification person, go on over to TikTok and like my tech. Uh, it is again at Backwoods Butcher 603. I try to do at least two posts a day over there. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. I got some videos that got 50 views. I had a video last week that I think it's at 32,000 views with like over 2,000 likes. I have no idea. We're figuring it out. I'm throwing paint at the wall, hoping it sticks, but I'm having fun with it while I do it. So you can, again, you can rewatch this, or if you're listening, you can watch this on YouTube. You can also um, listen to it on Spotify. Um, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google, and you can also listen to it on fountain as well. We have it claimed over there. So other than that, guys, I appreciate, I gratefully appreciate all of you hanging out with me for an hour. I was pretty nervous about coming on here by myself. It's been, it hasn't been since the first four episodes that I was doing it solo or I was a nervous wreck. And some of you, I got to give it to you. Some some of you guys are still in here from those first episodes, and I really appreciate you. So, again, thank you so much. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the show, and hope you got a chance to meet the critters. <laughs>